0: Welcome to Create Shift. If you're new here, welcome, and if you've been listening for a while, welcome back. It's so lovely to have you here. Create Shift is a podcast to support, encourage, and inspire you to live your most purposeful and holistic life. It's hosted by me, Ellen, of Being Change, and it's funded by you, the podcast listeners and Being Change Patreon community. I'm here to support all of us to live our happiest, healthiest and most fulfilled lives and this podcast is one of the ways in which I hope to do that. Before we get into today's episode, here's a little bit about how you can be part of the Being Changed Patreon community and help support this podcast. The Being Changed Patreon community is a group of like-minded people all wanting to live their most purposeful and holistic lives. This community gets access to exclusive weekly holistic living content, live seasonal workshops and full-length yoga practices and special holistic living live Q&A sessions with me. You'll also get each episode of Create Shift before everyone else, as well as advanced access to booking for any of my live events. I would love to have you be part of this community. To become a member, just head to patreon.com forward slash being change and choose your monthly pledge of three, five or eight pounds. The money I make from Patreon funds the free content I create here on the podcast, my YouTube channel, blog and Instagram, And enables me to employ other people to work with me. And if you want to support the podcast but can't afford to be a Patreon member right now, you can support for free by sharing the podcast with three friends who'd enjoy it. Thank you so much for being here. Now, on to today's episode. Welcome to episode five of season six of Create Shift. I'm really excited to share this episode with you. I was thrilled to have the lovely Sarah Tasker of me and Orla come and speak to me for the podcast. Um, I say come and speak to me. She was in her house. I was in my house. Um, we were chatting via technology, something that we're all overly familiar with now, probably. Um, just a little note on that. We recorded this, uh, it feels like forever ago now. It was maybe four weeks ago. I can't remember, but it it was, it was, I think before we were in lockdown or maybe we were just in lockdown. So things obviously are changing so quickly right now. So, um, you know, we, we mentioned coronavirus, but, um, not much. Uh, it's not about that. So, um, yeah, maybe that'll be nice for you. (laughs) A nice welcome relief, something to listen to. Um, so what is it about? Um, well, I wanted to bring Sarah on the podcast because I see her as somebody who has built a hugely successful business working in what I would identify as a feminine way and that's what I wanted to talk to her about and I want to clarify with you right up front how I'm thinking of the terms masculine and feminine feminine and masculine um and if you've been listening for a while you will have heard me talk about this before it's a bit of a um passion topic of mine and um i I think of feminine and masculine not in the way that we tend to do in the west where it has to do with kind of gender sex uh, whatever you want to look at it um so it's not to do with being male or female i look at it more in the way that eastern philosophies look at it and more in the way that's in line with kind of the philosophy of yoga that the the masculine the feminine um are these two energies and they're both vital for life for all life and we have both of them inside of us. So it's it's like the, um, the yin yang symbol um, that's often associated with kind of feminine masculine qualities as well. So just a kind of a little introduction on where I'm coming at from, from that perspective, so that you have got that, maybe can get your head around that before we dive into the episode. And Sarah and I do sort of Uh, clarify that more as we go on as well so basically what I'm saying is that uh, you don't have to be a woman uh, to identify as a woman um, to be working in a feminine way Um, in fact I think that for a long time a lot of us have been working in masculine ways because that's the way that has been presented as being kind of successful and the way that we do things in our society in my opinion so yeah let's get on with the episode. I I really hope you enjoy this conversation with Sarah Tasker of Me and Orla. Hello, Sarah. Thank you for joining me today. I'm really, really excited to chat to you. Um, Do you want to start by maybe introducing yourself for anyone who doesn't know who you are and what you do? And then if you could um, answer my kind of intro question that I ask all guests, um, which is, what are your favourite things about spring? Oh, okay. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to
1: talk to you too. I'm Sarah Tasker. I do a lot of things online under the name Me and Orla. Orla is my little girl. And I started on Instagram way back when she was born, just as a bit of a creative outlet. And it morphed into being my whole business. It changed my life. And now I teach people how to use the internet to kind of do the same thing, to find their audience, to find themselves and their own voice and to figure out what they want to do in the world and then to go and make it happen. Um, my favourite thing about spring is oh, so many things. Do I only get one? No, no, you, know. you can share.
0: <laughs> um, <you. laughs>
1: daffodils There's a huge bunch next mm. to me as we record this and they just smell like spring to me. The way the sun starts to have warmth in it again and you can feel it mm. on your skin and it feels so good um and just the sense of possibility that spring comes with.
0: Mm, They're lovely yeah I was I was just outside at lunchtime in my garden and like the sun was warm on my face and it was incredible. It's It's
1: good for the soul.
0: Yeah it really is yeah super good for us on all levels. Um okay so I really wanted to chat to you for the podcast um about this idea that I have around um kind of more feminine ways of working and I kind of see you as someone who is running a business in uh what I would call a more feminine way and I guess uh just a little sort of to explain how I understand that concept it's not really to do with being male or female to me it's more to do with kind of like um so within yoga there's a the concept of kind of like the masculine and feminine and then mm-hmm. the energies or qualities that, and we need them both and it's kind of to do with like the yin and the yang and the feminine is more of that like yin that more kind of lunar energy and the the, the masculine is more of that yang kind of solar energy and i sort of feel like our western world has been very very uh driven by the masculine for a really long time yes um, and I'm, I'm thinking there's sort of a bit of a shift now what what do you think about all of that <laughs> yeah well
1: yeah I, I agree that there's a shift and I think it's a shift that's been driven by and large by the internet because for the first time those of us who didn't have a way to show up in the kind of conventional capitalist world were given kind of a back door like maybe you're a mother maybe you're a carer Maybe you've got like one of the many health problems that seem to affect primarily women or maybe you're just, you know, like you said, it doesn't really matter what gender you are, but you're not someone who identifies with the whole like shoulder pads, aggressive, (laughs) like aggressive selling, all that jazz. So for the first time, the internet kind of made it possible for us to say, well, let's do it a different way. And instead of having to sell to the people who don't see the value in what we do, we sell to one another because we do understand the value in each other. And we don't need the shoulder pads in order to believe that someone can deliver.
0: I love that shoulder pads is the first thing, like your first <laughs> example of that. So, yes, all the male entrepreneurs and people are, are going around in these shoulder pads. <laughs> well, my theory, I think, is like...
1: The reason that women's suits got shoulder pads was to make them look more masculine. Yeah, true actually, yeah. And like the suit to me typically exemplifies like the masculine business world in the way that like you have to wear, it's like a uniform that mm. leaves your humanity behind it makes you look like strict and professional and there's no room for personality mm. and I think that this thing we're talking about is the opposite of that
0: yeah as so that I was interest, I was um listening to your um interview with Angelica Marlin about yeah. um like you were chatting about sort of being a, a female entrepreneur and stuff and you said something about like traditional um entrepreneur events or whatever you like you had to check your humanity at the door I thought that was really funny um
1: yeah i think like the workplace in fact i was just having a conversation in my insta retreat group this morning um someone was saying that she felt like it wasn't professional to show certain parts of herself on her instagram feed for her business Mm. and we had this whole conversation around like what is this idea of professionalism it actually for what we think it means is like don't be human don't get sick don't have emotions Mm don't have your own opinions don't have any individuality professionalism is like being very strict with yourself and what the internet gives us is this chance to actually turn up as full flawed humans and still conduct business
0: Mm. yeah so I'm really interested in your experience, um, kind of from starting your business to where you are now. Do you think that your approach to running your business has changed? Like when you started, did you feel like you had to be more kind of in that more sort of masculine way of being an entrepreneur or doing a business and working?
1: I didn't. But that held me back in another way, because I think because it was so impossible for me to become that person. Mm. Like I, I just could never... I don't even think with any amount of (laughs) shoulder pads I could become that person. Um, So I felt like I wasn't a business. So I felt like I couldn't take myself seriously um, and that no one else should either. And it took me a good few years to come to kind of the realization that, oh, wait, this is is a business and I'm good Mm. at this and I'm a businesswoman and it doesn't matter how the rest of the world perceives me. What really matters is how I perceive me and how I then show up because of that.
0: Mm, yeah, it's really interesting because I actually, um, I think I only recently started saying, you know, people say, oh, oh what do you do? And I, I only recently started saying I, I run my own business as opposed to just saying, oh, I'm a yoga teacher and I do these things. Like, yeah, like it's only really recently that I've realized it's a business.
1: <laughs> and there's like some some really important distinctions that come with knowing you're a business, I think, because it's like a separate living, breathing entity that you're responsible for caring for. And it's much easier, I find, to make decisions that are good for the business that are hard to make when I know that it's like I'm doing it for the business rather than for myself. You know, like saying no to things Mm. or having to kind of be quite firm about things like policies and procedures, knowing that there's that kind of extra step in between. And you're like, actually, I have to do what's best for the business, regardless of necessarily what I personally think might be the nicest thing to do.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's hard. Mm,
0: yeah but it, it is it is really helpful to see it as a separate thing and it is uh it is funny I guess how how many of us maybe who uh probably mostly women or maybe not necessarily all women but who have come in to kind of through the back door uh, like you said of, of starting uh, businesses online or kind of finding these other ways in uh how hard we find it to say it's a business and think of it in that way um, yeah
1: yeah Uh, And I saw a lot of the people I speak to see themselves as freelancers, Mm. which is what I did before. And I like, this is not to denigrate the the term freelancer. Like that is an amazing thing to be. Um, But I think when you think of yourself as a freelancer, it's a lot more reactive. You're kind of waiting for other people to give you work. Mm. You feel like you're always on the back foot. Whereas when you have a business, there's a sense of stability um, and a sense of kind of more like forward planning and projection and, nothing changes tangibly but it's what changes about how you plan how you how you deliver and and how you feel about it in the day to day
0: yeah yeah definitely and and having knowing that you uh give yourself permission to do stuff rather than waiting for other people to give you permission to do.
1: yes stuff. Uh, yes definitely
0: mm. um so I'm interested in talking about kind of how you run your business because obviously I said like, I see you as kind of running it in quite a feminine way and I, I mean I hope that you agree with that otherwise <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely uh great okay um <laughs> so what are the kind of things that you do that you know in the day-to-day how you run your business how would you say that is um kind of a feminine way of running your business what are those things
1: yeah and then we have to keep in mind all the time that like I feel like these terms like feminine and masculine come with so much baggage I know like- social constructs but I love the way you defined it as like it's just the the energy and they're just labels aren't they we're just yeah this group of things feminine yeah
0: and it's yeah it's really hard because it comes with so much baggage especially in our society and I think it's just it's it's nothing to do with being male or female it's just a quality yeah I mean we could call it a yin way of running a business if you want um (laughs) so I guess the way it shows up for me like the core principles that I have
1: in my business are really around integrity and authenticity and humanness and that's my humanness and also the humanness of the people I deal with um, which sounds very airy-fairy but it kind of it just means that like I tell the truth to my people and if I don't know something I can be really honest about that instead of feeling like I have to constantly put a gloss of professionalism over it Mm. and then in the day-to-day it's things like um, balancing my work life with my home life it's making decisions that sometimes mean that we make less money but we have more freedom and time Mm -hmm. or we help more people. Um, It's having really firm boundaries around the things that to me feel like too much manipulation or, you know, in marketing, there's a lot of stuff that I feel really strongly crosses a line into kind of from like just telling people about your product to really trying to bully people into buying it. So I kind of keep all of those things out of it. And it's just keeping that softness and that light touch, I think, so that my business is something I can be really proud of and really love instead of something that I feel like I have to change myself to show up for.
0: Mm. Yeah. I love that you used the word softness as well because I was just thinking of that and then I was thinking, oh, is it, is it right to use that word? Because obviously, I don't know, softness, um, when you say it maybe, and especially if you relate it to feminine, which it, you know, it is, it is like, even in that like yogic way of thinking of it, the softness is the more lunar quality, but it's often associated with, with like a negative you know like it's yeah. it's not being powerful but i think there's huge power in 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 the softness i think that's where a more feminine sense of power comes from
1: so agree like soft and strong they're not yeah. interchangeable and um like i always think about there's a there's a folk song about um how buildings like if we build them and then there's nature gets away like the wind comes or like the ground shakes and there's earthquakes the buildings that are built to be strong they just crumble but the things that can be flexible and bend Mm. and be soft are the things that stand the test of time and Mm. you know i live in yorkshire there's dry stone walls here that have been here for hundreds and hundreds of years and they're still there because as the ground shifts they're flexible and they move
0: Mm. yeah yeah they move with with whatever direction they need to move in um Uh, exactly and 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 that's I don't know that might be a bit
1: of a mixed metaphor (laughs) but that's kind of how I see see the softness and also because my business is evidence to me every day that there are other ways and like my business is a tremendous success I am not suffering in any way Mm. by including these qualities in it if anything I think it gives me like additional selling points because the people who connect with me are people who have those values too
0: yeah yeah and I think like there are like I said at the start, like we need both the masculine and the feminine qualities. There are times when we need that more kind of like fiery energy and maybe yeah. just we need to be like, right, I've got to be tough or, you know, like really feel my strength. And that's like, you know, as in a, a harder way, That that's fine. Um, I think it's about finding the balance between those and maybe, maybe more people could benefit from bringing in that softness into the way they work Um
1: Exactly. And that's the thing, like, I think we're, we're all pretty clear on how to be masculine in business. We've had Mm. that model to us a lot, but we haven't necessarily had an awful lot of people modeling this other side of it, not in the public eye. And that's what I love about this movement of kind of female entrepreneurs on the internet right now is we're really able to redefine it and show each other what's possible.
0: Mm, Definitely. So I was thinking, um, obviously we're talking about the internet and being online and everything. And I think a big part of that or seems to be all that we get told a big part of running a business online is kind of looking at kind of hard data it always gets called hard data like (laughs) stats and like yeah and uh, (laughs) um, and all that kind of thing I'm really diving into like analysis to find out what's working and what's not and everything um uh so how do you work with that kind of thing I mean the numbers are there I think as a
1: human you can't tune out the numbers because we're all sort of Brainwashed mm. from birth to associate high numbers with high scores but I def yeah I definitely don't think following numbers at the expense of everything else leads you in a good direction and the perfect example is we talk about this a lot with Instagram like it's very easy for people to suddenly hit on a type of photograph or type of content that everybody loves and it does exceptionally well so then you just start creating that content more and more and more and then a year down the line you find you've built this whole brand around one type of content that you didn't choose Mm. it was chosen for you because and you followed the numbers because capitalism tells us that we have to like you know go big or go home And a lot of people then are stuck and they're like, this isn't making me happy. It's nothing to do with what I want to do in the world. And whenever I post anything different, nobody wants anything to do with it. So I I don't think it works to just be led by the numbers. And I always bring it back to like the human connections that you can make, because I would argue like if if it's a choice between 50,000 likes or 50 comments, choose the 50 comments because they're real people who took Mm. time out of their day to speak to you. Mm
0: yeah and it feels so much better because you get to engage with people um, rather than see oh I've got another another like great exactly and likes
1: <laughs> are cheap right like it it's,
0: yeah if I, if I like something that means I've looked at it for like
1: two seconds yeah if I stop and leave you an actual meaningful comment then it's, that's a much bigger connection and then from a business perspective like that that still has impact because that's building a relationship mm. that then can turn into a profitable relationship if you want it to
0: yes exactly Um yeah, I think valuing relationships and 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 stuff is is something that is maybe more present in this way of working. Um not to say that other other businesses don't do that that have maybe gone down the more masculine route, but I definitely see that more of that personal kind of that authenticity that you spoke about and
1: yeah. And, and you know what I find really interesting? I think about brands like Innocent, you know, Innocent yeah. smoothies. Um and their whole thing has been like trying to be like a real person but while still being a corporation yeah and it's like false authenticity Mm. whereas like this is the huge advantage that we have as like individual business owners or small business owners is we don't have to fake it (laughs) like we're right here Mm. we are real people and we can put that out to the world and yeah I think the masculine side of things really encourages everything to have this kind of corporate cleanliness to it Mm. and that's what innocent is to me it's like it's a very cleaned up version of a real person whereas actually like we have we have it all for real and people connect so much more with the real side of it
0: yeah definitely so do you think it'd be true to say that the the masculine side of things is much more about growth and performance and achievement and the more feminine way of doing doing things might be more about connection and authenticity
1: yeah, that feels true to me. I guess everyone's going to have their own definitions yes. of this, aren't they? Yeah. But to me, like, yeah, like capitalism and, and the pursuit of growth at the expense of all else mm. is where it comes in. And and I think we can all think of examples of like social media platforms that have pursued growth at the expense of community and humanness and connection, because their bottom line is always about profit. Whereas yeah. if your bottom line is about like your your own happiness in the world or you've got different definitions of success then you're able to prioritize the people again
0: yeah and that's not to say that growth can't happen because you know you've Mm -hmm. got a huge following on instagram and like other people like i really love you know yoga with adrian who's huge yeah she's
1: immense
0: and she's so personal like i still feel when i read her posts, like i'm reading something from a friend even though i've never met her so it's not to say you can't have the both you can't have the growth and the connection and everything exactly in fact my my impossible goal, uh, so my coach has us all set
1: impossible goals for the year. Uh-huh. My impossible goal for this year is slash was, given the current climate might have derailed things a bit, was to make a million. Yeah. To make a million pounds. Um because but but the caveat to that was I have to do it without selling out or compromising any of my values. Yeah. Because I believe that's possible. Of course that's possible. And by making it happen, how many other people do I equip to make their things happen too? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's yeah.
1: not at the expense of growth. It's not at the expense of profit. It's not at the expense of money. It's at the expense. It's <laughs> what am I trying to say? <laughs> it's not at the expense of any of that. It's it's still possible to have all of those things, but it's still keeping the the softer stuff right at the core of whatever we do
0: yeah which I think um touches on you mentioned it already kind of like our own happiness like in in the way that you've been speaking about this kind of business um I just wrote down kind of like joy in in the work um yeah. is really important, so maybe the the doing things just solely in that more masculine way is at the expense of our own joy and happiness.
1: Yeah, how many of us really secretly believe that work isn't work unless we hate it? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. People literally say that like I think my parents would say it to me a little I'd be like it's not fun and they'd be like it's work, it's not meant to be fun. Yeah. Like really we get one life and of course no one's job is always fun. Um and there are definitely parts of my business that I do not enjoy, but I get up every morning so excited to continue making my contributions in the world and I think everyone can have that.
0: Mm yeah and I think that's what comes from maybe bringing in that more feminine quality the more I say it the more I don't want to use the word feminine but I don't know what the other word is so we're I'm just, committed to it now people know what we're it. committed <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm gonna stick with it um uh by bringing more of that to to the work by maybe being more true to yourself and kind of listening to your own intuition and stuff and um, then you you get to create a work that you actually for the most part feel really happy doing and fills you with joy
1: Exactly. And then if you're not, it kind of gives you that permission to pivot. Because I think the masculine, the kind of the the typical work world and the attitudes that we've been taught is, well, this is your job, suck it up and get down to it. And, Mm -hmm. And almost like it's your own fault if you're not happy. Whereas this side of things, it's like, okay, this isn't working for me. Why is it not working for me? And what do I want to do to change that? And mm-hmm. giving yourself permission to enjoy your life, which I think is like the most fundamental thing that we need to give ourselves.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I think by working in that way, we kind of acknowledge that work is a huge part of our lives. So rather than working a job Monday to Friday that we hate, but then we live for the weekend and the holidays we can afford because we're making a really good salary or whatever, um, we we can create work that brings us joy and is actually a really core part of who we are and that helps us feel like we're living our kind of purpose maybe if you want to use that word or that we're doing something that's connected to our values and that helps us feel really good and that supports our whole our whole life
1: exactly and it creates value in the world yeah there's um a subreddit called anti-work actually I kind of want to recommend everyone goes and checks it out Same, and like it's them. mainly younger people than I am I'd say like what's the generation after millennials generation oh
0: god I don't know it makes me feel yeah. like an old person that I don't know <laughs> them ones anyway yeah. <laughs> those youngsters
1: um I think it's mainly that age group okay. and so they're kind of getting into college are kind of at that age and and it's they're all just like what like is this it Mm. I'm 20 and I'm already exhausted and I've still got another like 70 years of just going to work every day Mm. and falling asleep on my sofa because I'm so tired at night and then getting up and doing it again the next day like is this really the system and I love seeing it through their eyes because I think they're right Mm -hmm. I know that like a lot of people would say that this is like the typical millennial work shy mindset (laughs) thing but i think they're right like this is a broken system we are all trading our lives the very best days of our lives in exchange for enough money to just survive yeah absolutely yeah it's a rubbish deal we deserve a better deal everybody deserves a better deal than
0: that yeah yeah hi i hope you're enjoying this episode of create shift so far I'm just jumping in here to let you know about my Being Change Patreon community. As a member of this community, you get access to exclusive weekly holistic living content, live seasonal workshops and full-length yoga practices, and special holistic living live Q&A sessions with me. You'll also get each episode of Create Shift before everyone else, as well as advanced access to booking for any of my live events. To become a member, just head to patreon.com forward slash beingchange and choose your monthly pledge of 3 5 or £8. Pounds. The money I make from Patreon funds the free content I create here on the podcast, my YouTube channel, blog and Instagram, and enables me to employ other people to work with me. Thanks for your support. Now, back to the episode. Um, So I used to work for a bit um, in a part-time job for a city council, and... Um, that was my, my first experience of working in a, in a really big office. Um, and I've worked in small offices before, but nothing like this sort of scale. Um, and I was just shocked by, by the system, by like how many people were just going in and how miserable they looked and yeah. how many kind of, um, like health complaints that they had, like back issues and knee issues and things so that yeah. like, like kind of, I could see, um, sort of from my background and things that were probably from doing the work um but they were just sort of stuck with like satisfied that that was kind of their lot that that was their identity and I said just the resistance to uh wanting to change or even acknowledging that change was possible um, and just kind of going in trudging around doing your job going out and that's it and like so many people had been there their whole working lives and that was their trajectory and they couldn't see that there was another option
1: so my dad worked for the council his whole life like straight out of sixth form college um, and he used to get every year his 100% attendance certificate mm. because he'd go in with, you know, he had back problems and he'd get like the usual cold and flu and everything going around, but he'd still yeah. turn up every day and go to work and you, <laughs> all he'd get for it was a bloody certificate. <laughs> <laughs> Not even like a day off, an extra day off, yeah, nothing, just, just no. a certificate. And then, <laughs> no. uh, a couple of years ago they had a restructure and out of the blue they just made him redundant. And I was like, doesn't that make you so angry like you gave them everything and the first chance they had to kind of show you some gratitude and it you know it didn't make financial sense so out he went and and now when I talk about my business to him he gets really prickly about it and I think actually I think that's just because like for him like it's protective to continue to believe in that system because what's the alternative he has to be to regret his choices and I don't want that Mm it's hard it's really
0: hard it, yeah it's really really hard and like I think for some people at work some people like doing a job that's okay and they've got security and they like feeling that that's fine yeah I just I hope that I hope that all the people who are miserable in those jobs listen to this and get inspired and optimistic that there's a an alternative way of doing things that um uh, it's just yeah it's different I see it as uh so this might sound mad but I see that (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna try our society at the moment with this kind of more masculine way of doing things and this kind of like going into work going out and everything's kind of like we're thinking about our plans for the future and like we're thinking about like growth as a straight line I think everything's straight lines mostly and you look at like our transport and we're on straight lines and we're standing in straight lines and we're walking and um uh, I think them bringing the more feminine side to things might bring more of a circular quality to, to nice. stuff. Yeah, I'm very passionate about this idea. <laughs> um, you're actually the first person that I've I've not met who I've tried to explain this to, so I like that you're <laughs> kind of on board. Um so yeah so i think and, and even when we think in terms of movement like uh, feminine qualities of movement are generally softer and more fluid um, and you think about women have cycles that are circular um, the seasons are circular exactly um, and even like
1: molecules and electrons are circular and rotate around one another
0: yes and solar
1: that. system everything everything
0: i know yeah and and like you know like the moon and, and everything and so i think that if we bring more of this concept of uh the circular stuff um it'll help us sort of shift that thinking of like okay success doesn't have to be linear we don't have to think oh my financial growth is going to go like up in a straight line it helps us be more comfortable with uncertainty and other possibilities I, I think that's the way forward I love that
1: I've got a really a quote that I love um, actually I'm getting it printed from my bedroom wall and it's from a Danish poem but it translates to within you is a world of spring and that like I don't know if it means anything to anyone else but to me it really resonates because it's this idea that like spring is always going to come back around and it can feel impossible in the middle of winter when everything is dry and crispy and dead you think no this this there's no way out of this this is the end but within all of us is that spring and things will always come back around because that is literally like the the nature of the world
0: yeah exactly well I loved that I, you wrote a blog post like maybe a few years ago now about the blossom tree yeah same idea isn't it like yeah and that it has its own seasons yeah and that we're not meant to blossom all the time and that's that more feminine idea I think is that we go in cycles so we don't have to be super productive and successful all of the time
1: right and and so then you start to think about everything like oh my god the education system like it expects you to turn up yeah. every day
0: yeah and have the same output and then our work system does too every day no matter how you feel and obviously there's a lot yeah. of conversation right now about that for women who obviously we don't feel the same every day because our hormones change throughout our cycle absolutely um, and even like
1: I don't know if you track your your own cycle like there are days when I'm more creative yeah. there are days when I cannot make a decision to save my life hmm like, these things are kind of they are just human nature. But because the whole system was built around, well, men and and religion and this idea of like, sh- you know, being able to show up the same every single day as if nothing has changed. And I uh, my hope is that because you're right, there are plenty of people in those jobs who are happy to, to they want that stability. And I completely understand that. But I think if there's enough people in the world enjoying their work, it then puts pressure on those big capitalist companies to make sure their employers, employees are enjoying their work too. Yes. Like it changes our expectations and that's what we need to do. We need to get to a place where people understand that like their happiness is worth more than $5 an hour.
0: Yeah, yeah. Especially with the younger generation who will be coming into the workforce, like you were talking about um, on that subreddit, which I will link to in the show notes as well so everyone can check it out. Um, they're not going to want to work in those jobs that are set up like that.
1: No. And, and
0: they've got higher standards and I understand why for people like my dad who have
1: who have sucked it up for their whole lives, find that intolerable. I get that. But I think they're onto to something. Mm. Yeah. I think we should all have higher standards. Like there's enough money in the world for everyone to be fed and clothed and safe. Why is that not happening?
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, oh, So many tangents we could go off on right now. <laughs> so many rants. <laughs> um but I wanted to come back to, uh, we've talked about it a little bit, this idea of success. And I just wonder, what what is your definition of success?
1: Yeah, good question. Because I think we're taught it's financial. And yeah. it's hardwired in you. You have to really work at it constantly, I find, to not judge myself that way. So for me, success has been about getting to a place where I can appreciate myself and my own skills. And able to give a contribution to the world. So I sound so like tweet i think but it's genuinely how i feel like if i die tomorrow i'm going to be so happy about all of the people who told me that my work made a difference in their lives that's my mm. success and yeah. i don't need anything more than that
0: and that's great and it's great that it's, it's so clear to you and then you can just use that as a like a little um compass to to navigate business decisions by and and stuff.
1: exactly and for some people
0: like success is
1: just having as much time as possible with your kids or yeah. um you know ha- anything
0: it can be absolutely anything yes, exactly I think it's really important to figure out what success means to you Um, I did a solo episode on it actually so I'll link to that in the show okay. notes for anyone who wants to listen yeah. to that Um, just spending a bit of time to to figure that out because for so long I was just going along with what society told me success was and that made me feel bad um and you know I'm still kind of figuring out fully my definition of success but I know what it's not yeah and it can evolve yes of course
1: I think there's a really important piece as well and then in once you figure it out not judging it for not looking how you want it to be like I have a friend I was talking recently and he's recognizing now that like his definition of success is other people appreciating his skill set and I think that that will probably shift for him because as we all secretly know other people's validation doesn't actually Mm. fix the things inside of us but also like if that is what's motivating him right now and that's what he needs there's no point pretending or hating himself over it it's better to just be like okay well how can I get that in a way that feels good to me and then once I get there then then I'll be ready for the next step
0: yes absolutely um quick question that I thought of earlier do you use your um cycle tracking to make plans on how you're going to work then and like what you're going to do in the months to sort of plan out your day-to-day and stuff
1: in theory yes (laughs) in practice so I also have ADHD so that cycles around as well and like less predictably so some days like Hmm. I'm I'm brilliant and I'm just so focused I can get more done than probably most people get done in a week and some other days like I can just be sat on my computer all day and get nothing yeah. done so
0: do you kind of play it day by day and then sort of listen to how you're feeling yeah I've had to get very good at kind of keeping a schedule but
1: keeping it a degree of flexibility in there mm. as well um just so that because I think it's so tricky isn't it and there's there's an element of accountability with yourself where I really have a relationship with myself where I trust my future self to do the things I tell her mm. she needs to do <laughs> um like I'm trying to be a much better friend for myself because I would always show up for my real friends, but I didn't always show up for my real self. Mm. Um, but equally, you know, having the compassion with myself, so if it's really not happening, being able to let it go without without berating myself over that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's really important as well, isn't it? I think finding your own definition of work, actually, and like what works <laughs> best for you, because when I started um, working just for myself, so I sort of, when I didn't have the part-time job and stuff anymore, I realised that I was totally stuck in this idea of, work should be nine to five and to look like what what was work had to look like work to somebody from the outside yes um definitely my friend um my coach jen carrington
1: she talks about this as like workplace baggage that we all kind of bring with us when we go self-employed and it's probably going to be hitting a lot of people right now yeah because everyone's working from home with coronavirus um not with not memories, hopefully
0: not
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah hopefully not Stay safe. um <laughs> And yeah, like for me, it was huge and and just took me a couple of years to really accept that the time spent lying on the sofa reading a book was just as important to my creative output as the time spent like sat at my laptop typing yeah. that one needs the other and you can't have one without it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Or like I get a lot of uh, ideas or I can like work through stuff when I'm walking. Yeah. Um. So sometimes then I have to get really clear on whether I'm going for a walk for a break or whether it's work but um Uh, Ah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah but yeah sometimes if I've got to think about something like plan out uh you know a workshop or something that I'm doing then I can go for a walk and then I'll come back and I've got all the ideas so just write them down so it's amazing, isn't it? And and where is that in the conventional <laughs> nine to five? Exactly. Where is the time
1: for ideas and creativity? Like your boss never goes, why don't you just go for a walk and like have a think? Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's money, 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 time, time, time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's something that really got me at the council job was the time tracking because um, it was literally a clocking in, clocking out thing. And um, it was very monitored. So you had to just be at your desk basically all the time, um, even if you'd done all your work. Um, yes. Yeah and that um, so as someone who works really fast
1: that used to drive me nuts because yeah, I'd yeah. be like
0: well I've done more than all of those people already today why am I still here yeah well I'd have the situation where I'd literally done all my work for the week in like a very short amount of time yeah. um so yeah it definitely I think needs shifting um okay and hopefully it will um we
1: were just saying before we hit record weren't we like everybody working from home and, and trying out all these different types of remote working software maybe this is the start of a shift maybe this is yeah. the start of companies realizing that you can trust your employees to still get stuff done even mm. without breathing down their neck
0: and that's that trust is a huge thing actually yeah because um, that's what I found in that job was the, the lack of trust from senior management sort of trickling down um and maybe maybe trust comes under that more like a, a more feminine quality I'm not you know again I'm not saying that if you're a man, you can't trust them, just saying. <laughs> but maybe that's more in that kind of trusting of ourselves, trusting of each other, um, being more in relationship with other people.
1: Yeah, um, and like as a business owner, it, it's hard to... like my The main assistant I work with is based in Australia, so mm. I, I cannot breathe down her neck. Like I have to trust that. I'll send her that email at the start of the week of a list and she's just working through it. Mm. Um, and I, I've definitely had, you know, I've had different people I've worked with who didn't deliver as expected, but you build a relationship with a real human and, and that means accepting that sometimes they're going to have days exactly like I do where stuff doesn't happen as planned.
0: Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. The final thing I've got jotted down that I wanted to talk about before I ask you my final question is just a small thing. It's money. Um, <laughs> um, just because you mentioned it earlier about kind of the decisions that you make in your business might be that uh uh, you might decide to do this one thing even if it means not making as much money and all of that kind of thing um and also I know that you've kind of written and spoken about before the fact that you're now like the main breadwinner and and your husband yeah. does lots of childcare and that kind of thing um so yeah uh I guess what's a kind of more um feminine way perhaps of relating to money or have you kind of struggled with that um uh, Struggled for sure.
1: I would say still struggling just because money baggage is like a whole thing. (laughs) We all have. Um, And sometimes I think we've kind of got it nailed and then something else will come up and I'll be like, huh, didn't know I thought that. Didn't know I was holding on to that one. Um, And for me, like, so I, I didn't have an awful lot of money growing up. I certainly didn't have a lot of money when I was working for the NHS in my old day job and I racked up a ton of debt. So, to go from a place of no money to like earning like multiple six figures mm. has been a roller coaster ride of like emotion and getting it wrong and getting it right. Um, but, money in the end, like, it's a tricky one because it has a really important role to play in my business. It has a role to play in terms of both like how people value what we do in how people perceive what they're buying so like there's been times when I've when I've sold classes for too little money and people don't complete them because they don't value them in the same way
0: yeah
1: um and so they don't show up for themselves in the same way which I think is fascinating mm. and I'm I'm guilty of it too for sure like I've been given free places on things and then not been committed because I didn't pay mm. um but also like you know and acknowledging the injustice around money in the world and that it's not fair that some people can afford things and others can't and I don't I don't feel comfortable with that but I can't equally I can't fix it single-handedly um and this just this week I've been really struggling because I had a program due to go on sale that goes on sale every three months and this is really as we're recording this this is the first week of like coronavirus really impacting like the schools are closing jobs are starting to shut down Um, and I felt a lot of guilt and shame around selling my work in a time when I knew people didn't have money and I, I have really had to kind of really work on it and really think about it and realize that actually first of all, like any of us who can still earn in this current environment kind of have a moral obligation to do so because we need to keep the economy afloat. Mm. We need to keep money changing hands. And also, if I can continue to earn, I can continue to pay all the freelancers that I work with, all the people I've got booked in for the coming weeks. And also, I still see and really believe in the value of what I'm offering. And in fact, the program I'm offering, it's for people who um, a business owners who struggle with procrastination and need to take small steps of daily action so if anything it's probably more valuable now than it was before all of this stuff happened
0: Yeah, absolutely. But
1: there's a big part of my brain that's like I just want to give it to everyone for free but accept that's just not possible and if I did that then I wouldn't be able to work at all because yeah. I would be, yeah I'd have to go and get a different job yeah.
0: and there's no value in, in your business folding um just because everyone else is struggling you know like like yeah. you said like you, if you make money then you could buy other people's things as well you might buy something from someone who makes pottery and and then that you know
1: exactly exactly um, and that's how the system works and yeah it's a, it's a broken system but yeah. it's the system we've got so we can just try and do our best
0: within it yeah definitely yeah, and I've had people contacting me because my yoga classes right now aren't happening in person, saying, yeah. are you doing stuff online? Can we help? We want to still pay you. So, you know, there's people who want to still, to still spend yeah, the money. Yeah, and... and that is wonderful, isn't it?
1: Like, the people who are saying, oh, I'm not going out with my daily coffee anymore, so can I buy from you instead? Mm. Like, there's so many good humans in this world.
0: Yes, yes, definitely. Um, yeah, so... Maybe that's a more a more feminine way of, of of looking at money rather than just that kind of thinking of we've got to grow 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 the money. It's like assessing your own relationship with money, assessing what you can do with it, and and kind of that bigger role that it plays. Maybe.
1: Definitely, and I think like it's probably a bit of an overgeneralisation, but there's an idea in capitalism, isn't there? Like to get to get as much money and give as little value in return yeah. as possible. Like that's your profit margin. And I guess the way I approach it is much more like how can I create as much value as possible and charge like make it a bargain
0: so mm-hmm. that
1: like I can still charge what I need to charge but like give them so much in return mm-hmm. that it's more than a fair exchange and, and it's that I guess it's that feeling like it's a fair exchange is the thing I would say is the feminine energy energy because I don't know if that's always applicable in you know like when you buy something online and it comes yeah. and it's like miniature yeah <laughs> that's the kind of contrast yeah. I'm thinking of <laughs> yeah yeah but the photo made it look like really big and normal yeah. size yeah, yeah exactly or like you know the holiday where it looks nothing like the brochure like yeah. that kind of like yeah cutting all of that out and just being like how can I make this a fair exchange so that I And feel like I'm in integrity with myself and when someone pays me I don't feel guilt I don't feel shame I just feel like yes I'm gonna make sure that you do not regret this
0: yeah 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 lovely okay I'm gonna ask you my final two-part question um I'm sorry that by the way the bin lorry has just come out that's okay it's normally so quiet here (laughs) it's okay we have a bit of ambient bin noise lovely okay um all right so my final question is in your ideal kind of dream vision of the future what changes would you like to see people having made towards living a more purposeful and holistic life and then the second part of that is if people want to start moving in that direction what small changes could they start making right now so i think the big thing is that we need to get to
1: a place where we know who we are ourselves and know what we really want and that sounds like so obvious but I think most people I speak to do not know because we are so influenced by everything else around us that that sense of intuition that sense of like actually this feels right is is really hard to connect to like I'm fascinated with this idea of like if you were plunked on a desert island at birth and you now, mm. had grown to this age, what would you like? What would you think? What like? And then I played you jazz. Would you like jazz? Would you hate jazz? Like,
0: mm.
1: you know, I, I told you about yoga. Would you be like, yes, this is for me, or like, would you have ended up like loving a different exercise? I think it's really it's yeah. impossible, but that's it's a fascinating, fascinating question. Mm. And then getting as close to that as you can, because that's the stuff that's really going to get us all in a place of alignment where we're all doing the stuff that makes us feel good because if we're we're feeling good and we're not thinking all these awful thoughts all the time then we're going to be a lot happier and we're going to be a lot nicer to one another
0: Mm. Mm. yes lovely
1: I don't know if that's overly simplistic but I believe it's possible yeah
0: that's great thank you go on no, sorry. <laughs> right, go on,
1: finish. What were you going to say? Um, I think when you, the, the other part of it is, I think when you really know yourself and you can love yourself for exactly what you are and who you are and what you want and what you feel, it becomes so much easier to extend that same compassion to everybody else around you. Yes. And I now find like I, there is nothing someone can say that will make me dislike them except when someone is not in integrity with themselves. Mm. So when someone is, you know, when they're like, you think, oh, you're being dishonest or any of that kind of stuff, if you can tell the difference, it's really hard to explain. But like I used to say my favorite people are people who've been through therapy. And I think it's the same thing, like having that self-awareness so that you can be like, look, I didn't come because I was a flake and I fell asleep instead of feeling like you need to give 15 different excuses. Yes, yes, definitely.
0: Yeah. And you can tell you can tell when when people aren't in that integrity with themselves.
1: Definitely. Mm.
0: Okay. Where can people find you online if they want to connect further? What if I've not put them off with my rambling rants today? (laughs) Yeah. They they want more.
1: Yeah. If they want to hear more rambling rants, I have a podcast called Hashtag Authentic where I speak to lots of different people using the internet in amazing ways. Um, I have a book which is also called Hashtag Authentic all about using Instagram and everywhere else i am me and orla which is m-e-a-n-d-o-r-l-a including my website
0: cool and i'll put links to that in the show notes thank, thank you. you lovely to chat to you yes you too thank you for listening to today's episode of create shift i hope you enjoyed it and found it inspiring and supportive Don't forget to share the episode with friends and on your social media channels to help this podcast reach more people and help them live their most purposeful and holistic lives. And if you'd like to be one of the people funding the creation of this podcast, head to patreon.com forward slash being change to become part of the being change Patreon community. Until next time.